Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm China. Today is the 18th day of November. Welcome. So great to be here with you today. As we continue our story in the book of Acts, we are in chapters seven through eight, continuing on with the New International Version for this week. Then the high priest asked Stephen, "Are these charges true?" To this he replied, "Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people," God said, "and go to the land I will show you." So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance here, not even enough ground to set his foot on. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no children. God spoke to him in this way: For four hundred years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves," God said. And afterward, they will come out of that country and worship me in this place. Then he gave Abraham a covenant of circumcision, and Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him eight days after his birth. Later, Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So Pharaoh made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. Then a famine struck all Egypt and Canaan, bringing great suffering, and our ancestors could not find food. When Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our forefathers on their first visit. On their second visit, Joseph told his brothers who he was. And Pharaoh learned about his, about Joseph's family. After this, Joseph sent for his father Jacob and his whole family, seventy-five in all. Then Jacob went down to Egypt, where he and his ancestor and our ancestors died. Their bodies were brought back to Shechem and placed in the tomb that Abraham had bought from the sons of Hamor at Shechem for a certain sum of money. As the time drew near for God to fulfill His promise to Abraham. The number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so that they would die. At that time Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family, but when he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was forty years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came up upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, "Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other?" But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, "Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday?" When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. 
After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight. As he went over to get a closer look, he heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words, Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and deliverer by God himself, through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and for forty years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise you up, will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness with the, with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai, with our ancestors, and he received living words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it and reveled in what their own hands had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to worship of the sun, moon, and stars. This agrees with what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me to sacrifice, bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel? You've taken up the tabernacle of Molech and the star of your god Raphan, the idols you made to worship. Therefore I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our ancestors had the tabernacle of the covenant law with them in the wilderness. It had been made as God directed Moses, according to the pattern he had seen. After receiving the tabernacle, our ancestors under Joshua brought it with them. When they took the land from the nations, God drove out before them. It remained in the land until the time of David, who enjoyed God's favor and asked that he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragging him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, 
Receive my spirit. And he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had seen that, when he had said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in that city. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave them their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord, in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian Enoch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the Canadake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come over and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that Enoch was reading. He was led like sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. 
In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. You can speak of this descend of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. Enoch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the Enoch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being of being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Enoch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the Enoch did not see him again, but, when, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared to Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So something really grasped my attention today that I think is really worth talking about. So I can remember Jesus and conversations about Jesus and just stories like being very present my whole life. Grew up going to church, grew up hearing like the Sunday school, um, loved VeggieTales, like Jesus was was very evident in my life. I can remember being maybe like five or six. I remember being outside and like playing on the basketball hoop in my front yard and being like, yeah, Jesus, like I want you to come into my heart and be my savior. You know, like what we're kind of taught to pray. And so like at a very young age, had a concept of who Jesus was and asked him to be my savior, asked him to come live in my heart. <laughs> and I, I mean, I was reading the Bible from a young age and I definitely had some struggles like of, of believing, you know, just kind of like working at the kinks of my faith. I feel like everybody does. Um, I never at this moment where I was like walking away from the Lord and then came back. Um, I just kind of always steadily knew who God was. Um, and I have talked, I mean, when you're reading the Bible, you get into conversations with people. <laughs> and I've been camp counselors. I've been a youth group leader. So I've been around a lot of people who have genuinely been working through kinks of their faith. A lot of younger, um, who are probably now adults. <laughs> um, Cause I still think of myself as like a young adult, but I'm like, yeah, kind of getting out of the young adult phase. <laughs> um, I'll be 25 next week. Um, but anyways, so just thinking about people kind of having these kinks in, in their in their faith. But then I've also talked with people who are straight up just like not believers. And it's not that they haven't heard the word of God. It's just they have some issues against God. You know, they they have this that didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. Or, you know, um, they had all their eggs in their basket for this to work out this way. And it didn't. And so now they, they walked away. And it's like, gosh, what are you even saying this? But um, I've never had, that I can remember. So I'll say I cannot remember a time where I have talked with someone and they have like simply arrived at, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe in Jesus. You know what? Like right now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to accept Jesus into my heart. And then I'm going to go get baptized. 
maybe, maybe like it stored in the back of my brain. And I'm not saying like to diss those people by any means. Like truly, I, I love both scenarios, like getting to walk out the kinks of people's faith with them because it's safe to do that. First, can I say like, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to actually very um, much so a part of the culture to ask questions in, in Judaism um, and just in that culture, like it's okay to ask questions. We gotta, we as Christians, Western Christians gotta chill with the accusations and the uncomfortability and calling it. Like I understand that deconstruction is a very real thing, um, but then just calling everything deconstruction. I'm like, wait, we just gotta work out the kinks here. Like, hold on. Um, but I just was like amazed reading that these men were having these like such real and like life changing encounters that they were like willing to switch everything right on the spot. And I think that's kind of like what I'm trying to get at is somewhere along the lines, we have really made it complicated, you know, and I'm reminded of the story that we just read about where Jesus is telling him like, Hey man, come follow me. Jesus never said, hey, man, um, where he was like, you come follow me. And the guy's like, well, I need to go and like bury my parents real quick. And Jesus is like, let the dead bury their dead. Like, follow me. And the point that I'm bringing that up is to say we can always have reasons why we can't or we're, we're staying on the line or the fence of I'm not sure. I don't want to pick a, a choice. So I'm just going to stay on this fence when we're seeing stories of people their lives being changed from making a decision to follow Jesus and deciding, you know, today is the day. And I'm not saying by any means, like, we just have to arrive, just have to, like, grasp it and believe it and, like, that that's the only way that we can truly be saved. What I am saying is, I think sometimes we get too much in our heads and we overcomplicate it. Whereas I was a, a kid and just being like, yeah, like, I this is what you do. Like, I just, that's, I just thought that's what you did. And so that's why I did it. And, um, I mean, I think I was five. Like I had some concept of Jesus being our savior, but I didn't understand that we really needed Jesus to be our savior. We really were in need of a savior much into like my late teenage years going to the Bible chronologically actually. But I just, man, like, the apostles were praying yesterday, like, Lord, would you give us boldness to speak your word? I'm like, man, that's what I want to pray for is, would you give me boldness to speak your word, to speak the words that you have done in my life, the transformations, the redemptions, the healing, any other words that you have done where people can say, man, I really need that in my life. And it's pretty clear that you didn't get out of that predicament yourself, but it was Jesus. It was God who saved you, who rescued you from these things. And, you know, I want, I want that for myself. And even just reminding them, hey, like we can't, we can't rescue ourselves from really anything. We can't really save ourselves from anything. Like we are in constant need of a savior and we really have to bow down to that truth. And so God, I Thank you for your word and I thank you for the sweetness of people just simply believing in you, simply believing your gospel is truth. 
And God, I think that's probably why you said, let the children come to me, come like with a childlike faith. And so I pray that you would restore the simplicity of understanding your gospel and, and understanding your truth. And I thank you that the gospel is not complicated. It's simple. It's true. That you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And I just thank you so much, Lord, that you are speaking and you are ever present in us and through us. And I pray that we would have bold conversations of your goodness and that people would taste and see of your truth, of your just fulfillment. And um, I pray that we would be a vessel and a mouthpiece. And so in your name we pray. Amen. So last year, I stepped out to be a mom. I had my daughter, Reagan. So my mom had the idea last year to go through, you know, how did the Bible transform your life and how is it transforming your life? And, um, and so you guys called in and you shared and it was compiled into a beautiful podcast around the Thanksgiving time. And so we want to do that again this year. So you can call in starting today and um, we're going to accept calls all the way through the 23rd, I believe, um, which will be next Wednesday. So here's a couple of like ground rules real quick. There's just two. Uh, number one, if you have prayer requests and you want to call in about how the Bible transformed your life, make them separate calls um, or else they're not going to get played. There's just going to be so much um, of people who want to call in and to share it. And uh, we love that. We love that. We want to hear it. Um, we're just asking that you make those calls separate. So if they are combined, they will not be played. Um, so we want you to call in and say, hey, this is how the Bible transformed my life. And um, so we want to hear that. And so that we can hear everybody's calls together, we're asking that you keep it to a minute long. I know that that is tough. So maybe try to do a, a couple trial runs. Um, so maybe do a couple trials and get it to where it can be right around that minute mark. And, uh, and those will get played. And there will be a really beautiful um so like my dad with the daily audio bible there's a christmas um dab christmas episode and so my mom had the really great idea last year to do how the bible has transformed your life and to do it around thanksgiving so we're going to do that again this year so just those two things if you have a prayer request and you want to call in um and share how the bible has transformed your life make sure there are separate calls and um Keep it at a minute mark. So you can call at 800-583-2164. Or if you use the app, you can record through there and send it in as well. And uh, those will get played. So super excited. And uh, I cannot wait to sit down and hear your stories. And I uh, feel like we're all going to need to have a, I would say Kleenex, but I feel like towel will be more appropriate. <laughs> um but yes, I'm very, very much so looking forward to that. That is all for today. I'm China. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, Debsy fam. This is Leslie from Kentucky. And um, uh, well, I wanted to, I guess, not just pay for a specific person, but pay for everybody. 
Um, God bless those who lost their loved ones, bless those whose loved ones are dealing with sickness, whether it's MS or cancer or any any sickness that may be life-threatening, bless um, those who are being separated uh, by, from their spouses, uh, bless their children, bless, bless their whole families, um, just um, bless those who are dealing with, uh, whose families or friends are dealing with sin, uh, whether it's sexual sin or sexual, uh, like, sexuality, like gender dysphoria or anything like that. And just bless this whole Dapsy family, bless this, bless China, Jill, Brian, Ezekiel, everyone. And Jesus name I pray, amen. And another thing I wanted to, to say, it's not a prayer or a prayer request, it's just a comment on Kingdom Seek Daniel's uh, um, uh, singing. Um, he didn't leave his name, but it, I, I could recognize his voice, so he didn't have to. Um, Kingdom Secret Daniel, Daniel yeah, thank you for um, that song, um, singing that song uh, with that beautiful voice. Um, it was, it really uh, was touching and it was just, your singing was amazing. Um, you should be a recording artist. Okay, <laughs> just wanted to say that. Uh, God bless you guys, um, in Jesus' name, bye. Good morning, DABC family. This is the burning bush that will not be devoured for the glory of our God and our King. This morning I'm calling for a prayer request that I heard this morning for a lady named Selena and her husband Tommy. They have a few kids, I think under the age of 12 or 10. Um, the husband has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Father God, I praise you because you are the God who does the impossible. Um, there is nothing impossible for you. And so we're coming to you on behalf of this family, believing that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above our expectations. Father God, you are God, the healer, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I pray that you touch Tommy right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you heal him of this stage four cancer in the name of Jesus. I pray that you restore his body, his entire all his organs. God, I pray that they will return to the way you intentionally made them in the beginning. God, I pray for his soul and his spirit. God, I pray for salvation for him and his family. God, I praise you, Lord, for making this come true. I pray for believers listening to believe God with me for Tommy's healing in the name of Jesus. God, we continue to thank you for the sister who called on behalf of that family. I pray that you bless her, bless those children, and as that wife walks through it with her husband, God, make her faithful, God, and help her to, to follow you and continue to lean on you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for intervening in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Victoria. So if you just call in to pray for some of the dabbers, I wanted to pray for Barbara, my precious sister that lost her husband. I want to speak life to you, Barbara, and let you know that he's asleep and he's waiting for you to come. And you wanna, we wanna give, wanna speak life that you will, will, will live the life so that he 
you could go and be with him when your time come. We thank you for your for your for your strength, and we just ask you can we just pray that God continue to strengthen you and He continue to speak life to you. We want to also pray for Kayla, Kayla who was feeling like giving up. Kayla, we want to speak life. God got life for you. To seek for Him, seek for Him, and, and ask Him to give you life. Ask Him to strengthen you. I ask Him to strengthen you and precious Barbara. I ask Him to to touch you and and Lady of Victory. I can touch you and those who are going through, those who are going through with with their their, their husband, those who are going through with their family, those who have lost a loved one. I'm gonna speak life. Lord is giving you life. He's giving you strength. He's got a blessing for you. He's got a plan for your life, for a future and a hope. Continue to look up. Lord, continue to strengthen them. You say they that wait upon the Lord, you shall renew their strength. Give them wings like an eagle that they can run and not faint. Father, you open doors for them that no man can close. You are a provider. You are a deliverer. You are a healer. You are a way maker and you are a high tower. Father, I ask that you continue to have your way in these precious people's lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Somebody today that feels like giving up, let them know that you have life. Look up and live as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So must the Son of God be lifted up. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for touching the dabbers. We thank you for touching those who are going through challenges. We thank you, Lord, for touching those that just need a touch. We just ask you to have your way, Father, and we give you the glory. We thank you for the victory because you always cause us to triumph. And, Lord, we give you the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. Have a good day, Dabber. Love you all.